welcome to the Largo Podcast. This is your host, James, the only person here, um, because it's still, still kind of COVID times. So I'm not really hanging out with people other than family, uh, getting a little, little stir crazy, but spring is just around the corner here in Michigan. Um, I'm going to try to do this podcast without editing it. Usually I kind of go in and chop out all the times I say, um, and cut out the stuff that either doesn't make sense or I'm embarrassed about. But this is, yeah, just trying to, just trying to make it a more manageable thing to do. So I think just not overthinking it is the way to go. That being said, uh, I'm constantly reminded that I'm putting this stuff out kind of into the, into the public world and um so maybe doing more of these is my way of burying the uh the earlier podcasts a little more just so yeah the more uh it's kind of the law of averages the more things you put out the less each one weighs um yeah all right so this month it's february uh got three questions First one is, what are your favorite mediums to work in? And what got you started on Space Explorers? Um, That's two questions. All right, speed round. I'm gonna look at the clock. It's 11.02 a.m. Favorite mediums to work in? Digital, I feel like around 2011, I had this kind of epiphany of of like electronic, everything as a way of lightening life um and i talked about that a little bit on the last one i think of just like the advantages of having a light working process because this is a this is the art kind of thing is a medium of ideas and yeah so the idea of like what medium to work in is like what medium is the smallest amount of medium. If the medium is just a middleman between you and expressing the idea, then unless, I don't know, I feel like some people are like, the medium is the message, man. And I'm like, meh, I feel like the message is the message and the medium is is uh, how you get it there. It's, it's like in, is that what they call the stuff in like uh, biology when you have the little Petri dish full of medium and then you put the, the um, bacteria in there and it makes the growths. Um, but let's see, when I was in school, I did a lot of acrylic painting because I liked that it wasn't as messy and smelly as oil painting. Um, I made the mistake of doing a lot of my underdrawings in Sharpie, which um, it turns out sharpie will kind of slowly bleed through the paint layers over time so um that's a mistake that i wish i would have avoided um i remember (laughs) i sold a painting to a friend a long time ago and she's very nice about it but there's like you know it's one of those canvases that had multiple uh paintings underneath it so 
over time, like all the drawings from old paintings kind of started soaking through the top layer and I'm sure uh, obscured a lot of the <laughs> uh, what it was when she bought it. Um, so anyway, that's one disadvantage of not really knowing. I feel like nobody really taught the kind of traditional archival stuff that is important for things lasting a long time. Um, I also like colored pencil a lot as a way of bringing color into a sketchbook. Um, yeah, I feel like that was early on. That was a lot of the, it was adding, adding colored pencil to sketches. Um, and then these days it's, it's screen printing, I think is my favorite real medium because a lot of the acrylic painting that I was doing was focusing on big flat shapes. And when you're painting with, at least when I was painting with acrylic, I feel like I would need to kind of go over the same shape, uh, two or three times to get a really flat coat. And then each time you're trying to preserve the edge, it's always about like trying to keep those crisp edges. Basically, I was trying to create a very digital looking thing, but with paint. Um, so screen printing is cool because it, it does a really good job of preserving those sharp edges and flat colors. Um, uh, let's see, let's see. Yeah, and I think, uh, like, poetically speaking, pencil is kind of the the medium of ideas because it is just this super cheap, um, super light way to, if it is just about the idea, then there's no reason to get tied down with cleaning brushes or, uh, yeah, like making sure your pen has enough ink in it. It's just making scribbles. Um, yeah, I don't know. In general, yeah, this is getting, we got like five minutes on this. Uh, basically, I like the idea of medium not really playing a huge part in what you're doing because it's about the finished product. Um, and however, is the best way to get there, is the way to do it. Um, space Explorers, I feel like I had a post back in the day about that, but just like, basically when I was right out of school, I moved back in with my mom and I was kind of uh, just, yeah, that restless, like I wasn't really getting work, I wasn't really looking for work. I was just kind of wallowing in that, like, what do I do, what do I, uh, is this really gonna work or should I get a, a regular job? Um, and so that was, it started as this kind of just like stream of consciousness comic that I thought I'll just make like a really depressing comic about a bunch of astronauts that don't really know what to do next. Like that idea of crash landing on a planet and um, and kind of just being lost and uh, yeah, 
so that was that was the origin stories and then it kind of just became the um uh, like when you whenever i wanted to work on something other than work i would just say i wonder if i can just make this a space explorers thing and that way it'll build momentum on one thing rather than have a bunch of kind of smaller one-off projects um yeah so it's just kind of like a container it could be anything it's a very generic name a uh, very generic premise but i like the idea of just having something that's so open-ended that you can really just tweak it to whatever you're interested in in the moment um all right question number two if i'm not mistaken you had a teaching experience a while ago right do you feel like this changed the way you interact with clients or people requesting projects? For example, do you feel like you can can or should teach them about some basic art concepts so they understand your ideas a bit better? I love this. I think there's definitely a correlation between clients that you need to educate and clients that have good budgets. Um, Let me take a little sip of this coffee drink. Because if you're needing to educate your clients, that probably means that, I don't know, there's no one size fits all for this, but I, I just like looking back over the projects that I did early on, it was a lot of people that didn't necessarily hire artists on a regular basis. It was like a, say you're like a small business and you're just starting up and you want a logo. And, um, you know, to you, the logo is everything to your identity as a business. You're like, oh, I got to have the logo before I can start my business. But it's also kind of like arbitrary and has no value because as a kind of uh, entrepreneur at that level you're not like seeing this payoff of like if I put $10,000 into my branding I'll get $50,000 back in the first year like that's not the way that people think about logos I think when you're like opening a cafe um, they're more like I know I need to have a logo I'm not sure I'm not sure why I don't know what it should be but I know it needs to be perfect so anyway basically I was working with a lot of people that had no budget and didn't really value it in that kind of return on investment way. But, um, you know, also are pretty particular because this is like, it's not like if you're working for a magazine that puts out 30 illustrations a month, um, it's not kind of like, well, that one was all right, but maybe it'll be better next time. I think when you work with people that are just, you know, uh, I want a portrait of my daughter. I want to, um, yeah, like stuff like that is, is super hard because oftentimes it, it means so much to them that there's a lot of pressure to, to get it right. Um, but yeah, so I would say instead of feeling like you need to teach your clients maybe you just need to like smile graciously and look for better clients the next time yeah it's that kind of like you can't fault somebody for not and also this wrapped up in the whole ego thing of like you don't want to um 
say like you need to be more educated before you can appreciate what I'm doing because ideally you uh, what you're doing is should not be something that has a barrier to entry that's a huge point I don't know if that's related to the question but I feel like that I'll I'll stand by that that if the layman can't understand it then that's not that's not a good thing um obviously there can be layers to this stuff but i think it's this uh causation correlation thing where a lot of people see things they don't understand and assume that it's because it's better that, yeah there's that you know how people are like wow i don't get it it must be good that's that's a bunch of uh, baloney sandwich um so I like to I like to argue against that whenever I can. Um, but has teaching changed the way I interact with clients? Um, I think I, all I did was a semester of adjunct teaching at the school that I went to at CCS, and it just gave me a huge appreciation for not teaching so much of my work it, I don't need to educate people because it's super difficult um it's less of like educating people more of like just being organized and motivating and I don't know this this it definitely came away from it saying ah um if I was to do that again the pay would need to be uh, three times as much and that would buy me the time to get way more organized but I was kind of looking at it like oh, I'll just go in and whatever I can do I'll do and it yeah in hindsight I was like oh teaching is difficult um, and the passion for me was not there um, <laughs> yeah but Lots of times I feel like I'm lucky these days that I don't really have a lot of projects with people that aren't regular commissioners of art stuff. Um, you know, I'm just working for studios and um, that, that helps because everybody knows the process. Um, but I do remember those days of like, you know, wanting to do a, you know, your mom's got a friend that knows somebody that owns a thing, and then uh, all of a sudden you're talking to somebody about, like, how can we make this book for $400, and you're like, this is my big break. If I can just nail this, then, uh, <laughs> then I made it, and I'm in. Um, yeah. Do you feel like you can or should teach them about basic art concepts so they understand your ideas? I mean, okay, let's flip it and say totally. I think there's something super helpful about being very transparent about what someone should expect. Like I remember doing a lot of the, I'm going to send you three ideas and you're going to pick one or maybe, you know, I like this one with a bit of that one. And then the next round is a refinement of that decision, maybe with a couple of options. 
and then the next round is a final you know just kind of being super clear because especially if you're working with a fixed budget you don't want somebody to kind of hold you hostage and kind of ask for tweaks until they're satisfied you want to say like hey okay if we don't nail this in the in the first four rounds then we'll have to talk about uh, either calling it or extending the budget um, yeah or just like any any nice ways up front to say like eh, this is kind of a crapshoot anyway so if it doesn't turn out um, it's not on anybody but maybe that's a bad thing to say up front um, yeah Um, the next question, how did you get to the point that you are at now in your career? I mean, after school. Um, yeah, I guess that's, I kind of touched on that a little bit here with like, let's see, that's a big, so like, can you really know? Yeah, that's, that's like the whole... I feel like I'm the least qualified person to, to be able to say, oh, this is how I got, and it's not like, like where I am right now is like <laughs> uh, scraping by job to job. Um, it's awesome to be freelance and it has a lot of advantages to be my, be my own boss, take time off when I want to, but um, I, <laughs> I, I don't want to paint the picture of like, uh, being successful, I guess, because I know that's not true. I'm, I love my life a lot, but I've had to make a lot of decisions about what's important and what's not important. And uh, so how did you get to the point that you are now in your career? All right. So when I graduated, it was like 2009, coming out of illustration school. And in hindsight, that was like the housing crash recession thing in the United States and there wasn't a lot of work, but I didn't really know that. I was more just like, oh, I just finished school. That was like a lot of stuff to process. And I didn't feel like I was good enough to work anywhere. So I just moved home and started, I called it my graduate program because I was just like, like living with my mom and like, uh, just practicing yeah just kind of like unpacking all the stuff that I learned at school all the stuff that I didn't have time to really explore um just pretending like I had projects and doing stuff um I had a blog spot I remember there was a there was like a kind of online community of illustrators that I joined up that was like a nice way to kind of all pretend like we were bigger than we were um yeah, and I was doing lots of kind of local, local stuff, getting involved with things around town, art shows, um, and then at some point, this must have been like three or four years later, I was like, okay, like if I'm going to do this, I should do this, and I moved back to Detroit, and I was kind of like... Like the way I think about it is like a Grand Theft Auto game, but without the violence and the cars. It was just me like 
biking around from meeting to meeting. You know, it's like new mission. You got to uh, gotta go to this cafe and meet this person, and they'll tell you about this thing, and then you go over there. And yeah, so it's like very fun to have all of my business be people that I was meeting in the community I was in, and and just kind of like being scrappy about it and. Uh, rolling up the sleeves and just kind of like let's see the big thing was the cost of living was super low I mean Detroit was cheap but also it's like it wasn't um, my needs were very very small so I feel like I talk about that a lot of just like it's like the whole penny saved as a penny earned but it's like um yeah if you're if you're trying to get better at art you need lots of time and if you need lots of time you need to not be working all the time so um yeah especially if your work i mean it's it's nice when your work is so related to what you're trying to do that you get paid to practice but especially starting out i feel like anytime i would have to take like a side gig to make some money it it felt like I was treading water and not really moving forward um so keeping the cost of living super low was and that's like living at home was a great way to do that too but moving back to Detroit was like the next level up of that of like okay if I can get by on uh like if I made a thousand dollars in a month that was like that would take care of things and um then fast forward a couple of years I feel like teaming up with I mean the whole time I was working with my friend Mike and we kind of would take projects on together or he was busy with his advertising job back then so he would get a request and just kind of like pass it off to me and um, that continued for a while until yeah I felt like I was comfortably like hitting that uh you know making twelve hundred dollars a month just kind of hustling and there was a few day jobs in there i worked at like a print print place um and memory lane memory lane um but yeah eventually it just started like people started reaching out from from bigger and bigger it's the snowball thing where you're just like oh okay like I remember the first time I had a kind of national job it was for women's health I think and it was just kind of like hey somebody saw something and they were like hey you want to do some illustrations of like different cities and what to do when you're in them and and uh there was this uh this small company out of Austin I think called Wild Sam that was doing um, travel guides for different cities and so they kind of looked for local illustrators and when they did the Detroit one they found my friend Mike and I so stuff like that where all of a sudden this is probably like 2016 or something 2015 where it was like oh wow people are like finding us somehow and Detroit was a super small art scene but it was also like kind of popular in a national 
zeitgeist kind of way. People were like, oh, is Detroit coming back? And so I feel like there is a lot, there's a couple gigs there that were like, like, oh, that's awesome. You're a Detroit artist. And um, <laughs> it got, it got kind of sleazy kind of fast, I feel like, where all of a sudden there was a value to being in Detroit that had nothing to do with the kind of work that you were doing. But it was just kind of like, I don't know. I had lots of thoughts about that. Uh, speaking of branding, I feel like everybody was moving to Detroit and starting a business called like the Detroit Bakery Shop or something. And I feel like I had this conversation a lot of times where it's just like, if you're from Detroit, there's there's no reason to name your shop the Detroit thing. It's more like when you're from New York and you're like, you want to tell your New York friends that you've got the the shop called Detroit. And it's like, don't do that. It just feels inauthentic. Um, but that's a side note. <laughs> um, but yeah, so it, it was kind of like, yeah, it's very, there's no, no like moment where I was like, oh yeah, that was what made the difference. It was just doing it over and over again. And over time the jobs got better and paid a little better and I learned more about what I should be charging and um yeah it's just very slow organic build and then probably the the nicest kind of clear turning point was meeting Ian and Nick coming back to start Gunner, I remember Joel introduced us and they were like, oh yeah, we just came from uh, like LA, New York doing the um, animation, motion, graphic stuff and they were looking for illustrators to work with in Detroit and so it was just like a an awesome like yeah, like I I had done some animation just like little like paper frame by frame tests with a light box and I remember um yeah I remember one day I had this cool like industrial loft space that I was renting it was like the pinnacle of my my bachelor uh like this is the first time I'd like didn't have roommates and I just like blown off something to just stay at home and doodle and I was having a great time just like making this little astronaut guy that like was just kind of like floating and it was a really bad loop of just like he would like draw a little pistol and like shoot a laser and then put it back in and um apparently Ian and Nick showed that to you know I posted on Instagram and they showed that to the people that were asking them about, like basically that great big story place with all the, um, what's it called? Like kind of educational two minute videos about different stuff. They were like, hey, like uh, sure we'll do something, but it'll, it'll probably look like this. And so they were into that. And then Gunner was like, can you just do the, oh, I forgot, yeah, I even like, so, I worked on some uh, branding stuff for Gunner too early, early on. I remember they like sent me the the um, like a mood board kind of of like what is Gunner and like 
I remember, <laughs> I remember trying to talk them out of, because they specifically said, Gunner should not have like a violent connotation. And I was like, well, you know, if you don't want it to be a violent connotation, you probably shouldn't call your company Gunner. And they're like, no, 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 no. Like, it's going to be called Gunner. It's just like not going to be like a gun thing. And in hindsight, totally. I don't think anybody associates it with, but that was like my, uh, my thinking that I knew everything about everything. And I was like, oh, let me quick uh, solve this problem, guys. Like, obviously you can't call your company Gunner and uh, have it not be associated with guns. Um, but anyway, so I think working with them was like totally a game changer in terms of realizing that there was this whole world of illustrating for animation and um i was like wow the money's better than what i'm finding local stuff or even just editorial illustration stuff um so that was yeah it was probably like 2016 or 17 or something and so then i remember like pretty much after the first the first job we did together was the great big story with like the uh, Leland Melvin coming home from space and being like, oh, and like, I remember working on that project and like immediately being like, holy shit, this could be so much cooler. Yeah, it was like, I just had this like click of like, oh my gosh, like, what if we spent more time on this? And like, what if we didn't have a client? Anyways, that was the origin of the first animation was like, Pretty much after that first space explorers animation after that first job i just started storyboarding and designing and saying like all right let's do this uh like what could uh what could a cool cartoon look like um and then i feel like the first space explorers having gunner put that out was huge because they had a much larger following than i did but it also had my name attached to it so prominently that it was it was great for me because um, people would people knew who I was. Yeah, it was super super good for publicity and um, so that's probably let's see now I'm creeping on uh, half an hour of talking, but that's maybe that's a good. I don't know if that's the official story, but that's a story. Um, yeah, of how graduating from school to, I would say it took about, let's see, 2009 to 2019. Yeah, so it took about 10 years to really feel like I was making a good living um, doing illustration stuff. And now it's been closer to 12 years and I feel like Things are going well, but it's, it was not a fast track. Um, and I feel like I put it off. That's another. So I remember, uh, this is so, uh, <laughs> I feel, feel like my, uh, my modest trigger is saying like, what are you doing? You're just talking about yourself for, but this is what, this is what it is. It's fine. Um, but I remember a professor in school, like going back to visit when I was back in Detroit, you know, just kind of like, oh, like, I remember hanging out, like, uh, nice to see everybody. Yeah, yeah, we're uh, doing things for real now. It's not school anymore. And I remember this professor saying, like, look, man, you just need to 
put yourself out there. You need to just like fake it till you make it basically. And, uh, I know you think you're not good enough, but like, just take the jobs because, um, that's the way you get better. And I remember like, just thinking like, no, I don't want to embarrass myself or like waste. I just had this, this feeling of like, I know I'm not good enough. I'm not going to waste anybody's time pretending like I'm good enough. I'm just going to get good enough. And then I'm going to put myself out there. And in hindsight, I don't know. I feel like that's not a, I had the privilege of not needing to put myself out there. Like if I graduated with a lot of student debt and I was trying to feed a family, I would have been like, oh, yep, I got to fake it till I make it. Um, but because it was just me being like, ah, like I kind of like doing my own thing and exploring whatever, taking a few jobs when I feel comfortable, that was... Yeah, I, I definitely appreciated having kind of like a slow start and not feeling like I needed to put out a bunch of mediocre stuff just to, just to try to, I don't know, I don't know. Um, I mean, even like I'll probably look back on this and be like, I can't believe I was just shitting out uh, podcast rambles and I'm so embarrassed of all the things that I said. I know so much more now, but I guess there's always the balance. That's the, okay. So what was the thing about intelligence and how you have to, um, like intelligence is holding two contrary ideas in your head at the same time. Um, that's, yeah, that's kind of the, it's like, yes, you should put off putting things out until they're good enough, but like, no, you can't sit around waiting for them to be good enough because they'll never be good enough. So it's a balance between those two ideas. Um, that's kind of how everything is. It's just like, uh, of course you gotta, like, uh, <laughs> uh, of course the humans are destroying the planet's ecosystem and we've got a quick, you know, get rid of fossil fuels and become totally regenerative but at the same time, uh, like humans are just kind of an inevitable natural disaster anyway. So like, um, how is this any different than like a comet hitting the planet? Um, it's just kind of like, ah, eh, it happens sometimes and earth will survive. So like these two, this is, this is another big theme in the, <laughs> the space explorers. I feel like I remember, um, in college, I had this thing of like, if you care about progress, go live on the moon like that's, that's basically what what so much of this story has been um of like of like obviously technological progress is is uh kind of not great for the balance of the ecosystem so what if what if like if you really care about pushing that further you just have to leave earth and do it somewhere else um Anyway, lots of my, <laughs> lots of my ideas have evolved and lots of my ideas have stayed the same. Um, but I'm still having fun with it. I think that it's, it's funny how to start Space Explorers was just like, a, oh no, how do I, how do I comfort myself when I'm not really working? 
and just kind of like work on something to keep me busy and now it's kind of this dangling dream of like should I stop taking projects so I can just work on this all the time um and yeah it's that's been the progression it's like getting more and more comfortable saying no to opportunities and saying like it's my life wouldn't it be awesome to just hmm I'm just gonna keep rambling um so commercial work has been extremely important for getting better because you will never find this in the kind of more fine art or community you know um like this world where everybody's like just here's what i made and people are either like oh great uh wine and cheese and an opening and like commercial work they will tell you like no this is not good enough i don't like this this isn't compelling this isn't right for the audience like that type of feedback is so valuable um and so that's one reason that i am very adverse to these kind of self-indulgent like i just want to do whatever i want all day but at the same time there's this feeling that okay if if commercial work is optimizing a commercial way of presenting things, then I don't know. Basically, it's the same thing of contrary, two contrary ideas. Um, I think that the honesty and the kind of like speed that you need to come up with things and the just like real critique because it's a real problem that's being solved. It's not just this arbitrary thing. I think all those things will improve the way that you make work very quickly. But at the same time, to only exist in that world, I think robs me of the, like the real reason that I want to do it. Um, and so, it's that balance of like, as soon as I get done with a big project, I feel super motivated to like do something that has no strings attached that nobody's going to say, actually can I see another version of that? You know, it's just satisfy yourself, uh, indulge yourself. Yeah. Everything's a balance. That's the big, that's the big word balance. Um, yeah well that's probably enough for me uh thanks for listening and i uh, appreciate the support as always and i uh, look forward to sharing more next month thank you